0: Rebels Recap. Join the hosts of Brick City Blockade as they break down the animated universe of a galaxy far, far away. Hello, Star Wars Rebels fans. We're back for another episode of Rebels Recap. This week, we're talking about In the Name of the Rebellions, Part 1 and Part 2, Episodes 3 and 4 of Season 4. Original air date, October 23rd, 2017, with writers Gary Witta and matt Minkovitz. and i probably butchered that matt and i apologize so guys we're just excited to be back for rebels recap this is our second episode of rebels recap in season four you're going to hear a little bit different cast of characters this time but we told you last time out that that's what we're going to expect so this is brian and the host chair a little bit of a role reversal robin you got robin vote on my left and very far to my right across the pond we've got mr scott inch so how's it going gentlemen
1: not bad not bad it's a it's been a very cold day
2: (laughs) yes i have to say we're also experiencing here in the united states a little bit of some scary i guess you could say frightful with halloween coming around the corner weather so we're really excited it's very excited to talk rebels with everyone
0: all right so guys let's just set the stage here so the kind of the official description of each of these episodes as we just mentioned the excellent cast of characters of of writers that we've got there Mm -hmm. episode part one as members of the Rebel Alliance, Ezra and the Ghost crew must accept a mission to spy on an Imperial outpost they would rather destroy. And in part two, after being separated from Hera and Kanan, Ezra and Sabine join the desperate quest of Sagarera to hunt down the Empire's elusive secret super weapon. So guys, mm-hmm. just overall thoughts. Like, I'll lead it off first, and Robin, I'm going to throw it to you, but I, I think I said it on Twitter a couple days ago that these were like two of my favorite non-landmark episodes that they've had. And, you know, we're talking like Twilight of the Apprentice, Twin Suns, Zero Hour, all those big ones. Like this is this is right right there. Just all of the connective tissue we got there. What do you what do you think about that, Robin?
2: There's just so much that this episode does in terms of, like you said, Brian, connective tissue. It brings these characters that we've grown to love in Star Wars Rebels. And it continues the canon in a direction where as Star Wars fans, we know what ends up happening, but we don't know what happens in between. And these characters are propelling it forward, which is everything that a Star Wars fan wants.
1: Scott, what did you think of these episodes? Uh, they're really great. I really enjoyed these two episodes. As much as I enjoyed the season opener, this these two episodes I really enjoyed a lot more. It just connected a lot more to the canon. It just connected more to what we kind of know about Rogue One and Catalyst. So you can see Tiny Bits, Jedha, and a few other bits and pieces kind of name drops as well. So it was great to see it kind of coming together for canons since we're getting so close to Rogue One. It's
0: exciting. I mean, guys, we've got about one year to Rogue One, maybe even less than that. We know Star Wars has kind of a a weird timeline-ish thing where they base it on major events, and who cares? I just think that we've got such Mm. stuff coming to us in in Season 4, and Scott, you mentioned it. I think with the character of Saw Gerrera, they have really, really done a good job with him, starting with Rogue One, and they, they catapulted him from the Clone Wars. And then you mentioned, Scott, you got Catalyst. And we, he was a big player in Rebel Rising. And now we've seen him a couple different times. He was mentioned, I think, back in Season 2 with Zeb and Callus. When they were stuck on that moon, he, he got name dropped there. He was in Season 3 at the midpoint. Now we've got him here, guys. And it's just, they, they've done really, really well, I think, with that.
2: Yeah, there's a lot with Saw and I think we're going to really get into it once we start talking about other stuff. But Saw is really starting to develop in Star Wars Rebels. And I think it's something that Star Wars fans, I know myself, I love what we saw with Saw in Catalyst and what we saw in Rogue One. And to continue to build upon his story is just so great to see, even now in the animated form.
0: And I love the fact, Robin, that we've still got Forrest Whitaker lending his voice. We had Genevieve O'Reilly bringing back Maude Mothma here. Actually, let's just dig right into it, guys. We say it oftentimes on Rebels Recap, we're just huge Star Wars Rebels fans. We're not here to tell you exactly what happened. Watch the episodes for yourself. This is where we talk about, like, really what our favorite moments are and what could that mean going forward. So, Robin, I'm gonna kick it over to you first for your favorite moment in in the name of the Rebellion. Give me something from part one or part two. Let's
2: let's talk about Mr. Brom Titus for a second because (laughs) I don't know I think that Ezra he he is Ezra's becoming the master I I guess you could say of playing head games however the head games don't always play the right way and I think where this could be the essence of a kids show which we always talk about Brian and Scott is that this is a kids show you know there may be dark moments in it but what Ezra does there this is Brom Titus and then Brahms on the other end. And that's all he says is, you're speaking to Brahms, Titus. And it's just such a great little humorous twist to lead this thing off. And at the moment, it was wonderful. That's my favorite moment from both parts.
0: Yes, I, I actually, that was legitimately one of the funniest things that rebels has done in, in see in four seasons up to this mm. point so very good choice and that led to some other consequences uh, spoiler alert and actually i probably should have led this off like <laughs> we did last time is this will be very spoiler filled again we're hoping that you've watched both of these episodes before we're talking it's been about a week since it aired i mean literally tomorrow on halloween eve we're gonna get the next two episodes so we're just By the time that scheduling allowed us to all connect to talk about these, (laughs) we really hope that you've had that opportunity. But yeah, unfortunately, I think we may have seen the last of Mr. Brom Titus, Robin. So sad. It is so sad. So something that isn't sad is I want to go over to Scott. And Scott, what was your favorite moment from both of these episodes?
1: It is mostly from part one. So it was basically seeing the crew come together for the first time since the season finale of season three. And... The kind of Mon uh, Mothma talking to Ezra because Ezra thinks they should just go and help the fall. And Mothma makes it clear and kind of explains to them that it's not just the fall, it's her planet, Alderaan. You have to help. It, it, that was my favorite we tried to explain that We have to take our time. Mm.
0: That leadership displayed by Mon Mothma there, Scott, was just... It was... It was, it was hard to swallow for, I think, Ezra because he wants so badly to get back to Lothal. Mm-hmm. And Mon Mothma just starts calling up all these, these planets and just is like, okay, well, if we help them, what are we going to do for there? And it just, it kind of puts some perspective in, in the scale of the scope of, of what this rebel alliance is, is up against. And knowing that there's even dissension among the ranks with, with Saw Gerrera, none of us really had it as our favorite moment but i feel like we need to talk about the elephant in the room and it was something that showed up in the preview for the, this episode last week was the hologram of saw talking to mon mothma and that literally was just that was like a fist pump moment there you just felt like yeah mon mothma you've you've, you've got this and 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 even saw guerrera was like why don't we see this all the time and and i don't think that's the type of leader the rebellion needs. I, she doesn't need to display her heart on her shoulder and be as passionate as Saw Gerrera is. She needs to be calm, cool, and collected and, and to keep this rebellion together. But it was a little bit of like, almost like her filter came off for a little bit there. And you saw the, the leader that she is and the reason why everybody trusts her so much, Robin.
2: And just to piggyback off of that, Brian, I think you bring up a really great point that that moment where we see Saw interacting with Mon Mothma, that is one of the first times in Star Wars that, and I'm going to say that in Star Wars as a whole, not just with Rebels, where I felt like I was being pulled in two different directions as a fan. I could understand where Saw was coming from, and I could also really understand where Mon Mothma was coming from. It's like there are sides to choose here. And the development of these two episodes really pull at the Star Wars fan and ask us, which side are we on in this rebellion? And it's so cool to see that develop in that moment. And that's just a small moment in these two episodes.
0: There was so much packed in this. I mean, I feel, really feel like you you definitely need to watch this a couple times to really pick up everything there. But my actual favorite moment, and I think we all, as much as I really, really appreciated part two of this episode, just because there were so many little Easter eggs that they... We got the Death Troopers, we got mention of Krennic, we got mention of a super secret weapon. There's all of these scientists that, you know, we're talking about a, a one less than a year until the Death Star is completely operational. And you see the desperation that the Empire has where they're trying to smuggle people off world that are power reactor scientists and all those things because they're really trying to power that weapon. And that, that Kyber crystal was not tiny, gentlemen. And it was just, as Scott, it was just really interesting to see how Ezra reacted to it. And you almost, the, the foreshadowing as maybe more of an adult Star Wars fan is you could tell when only Ezra could hear it and nobody else could, that you almost knew it was the kyber crystal. But it was just so cool.
1: Yeah, it was just so cool to see see everybody standing around and seeing Ezra going, can you hear that? And Nobody else could. And it kind of helped as well to kind of lead them towards the scientist, which and part two got a bit funny when they were trying to rescue the scientists. That made part two a bit more funny. With um, Chopper, yeah. Yeah, going to escape points and, <laughs> and the of scientists saying, "This is the worst rescue I've ever seen." Um, <laughs> that
0: sounds like something our friend Chopper would would do. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it just made that whole second episode because the second episode was really dark and so. Like, if you've read Rebel Riser as well, you can see the paranoia in Saw in this ep- these episodes as well. Like, he's very twitchy. He, he doesn't watch Justin. You know, he, what he did with Jen and Rebel Riser, kind of just left her. He left him in, uh, pretty much in the second part. He did author, but he just left him anyway. He didn't really care. It was all about Saw, own mission, really.
0: Robin, it was something you said a little bit ago, though. I feel like this almost vindicated Saw a little bit with that he had solid Intel that he wasn't just this crazy old coop. He had some legitimate things. And I, and I think this will, you know, Scott, you mentioned it. We got mentioned of Jetta. I feel like there's a couple different things that are going to happen here, but we may actually, I don't know if we'll see it in rebels because Dave Filoni has told us multiple times now, and even a recent interview that the show is the show and the movies are the movies. And I don't think there's going to be a, a real, direct correlation uh, there's a lot of things where the show is kind of running up against rogue one but i don't think that it's gonna tie and it's maybe they show us where saw and his partisans actually arrive at Jeddah, and maybe we see Jeddah in animated form this is like the first time and i can't remember who i was talking to on our on our network but i was like maybe it been chris and i said chris we saw the death troopers if for some reason they flashed a scarif and I see a shore trooper in animated form. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it, my friend. <laughs> get
1: the sweaty towels.
0: Yeah, get the sweaty towels. This I think that's the first mention of sweaty towels in Season 4 Rebels Recap. Very All right, nice. my favorite moment going back to Part 1 of this episode was... It was very subtle, but we saw the appearance of the two TIE defenders coming out of Brom Titus's Star Destroyer. And we know back in in season three how much of a threat these things are and you know that there's only a few people on the ghost you know there's hera zeb and, and kanan and kanan is in his very much zen-like way he's like trust me i got this and we just saw the power of the force and being able to have hera pilot in the mist when nobody can see and and it literally still i find this hard for myself to comprehend all the time. And literally Kanan is blind, but with the force he can see just as well as anybody else and doesn't have those limitations. And I just thought that that sequence only lasted about a minute or two, but being able to fly in and out of those mountains and, and basically get rid of those two TIE defenders with knowing how much of a threat they are. I just thought that was so cool. And you, you saw how much Kanan and Hera trust each other and you you see that underlying love between the two of them that really has never really materialized on screen all that much, but you just, you just know that it's there behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, there's a lot there between Kanan and Hera that we see in that moment. And like you said, Brian, you said beautifully, the relationship between Hera and Kanan is really starting to now kind of, not necessarily, it's developed over time, but we're starting to see it now come together and we're starting to see Kanan kind of move away. He knows he's not going to get his eyesight back. So he might as well come to the fact of I got to use what I have for the common good, like a Jedi would, and just be who he is and not somebody else that he's not.
0: Yeah, just like a lot of these episodes is we're gonna be in this breakneck pace all the way through kind of the first half break. We're gonna get a break for the last Jedi and then we're gonna come back and they're gonna finish this final season of Rebels with with a flurry. But gentlemen, I think we also need to talk about what some of our biggest questions are now, because Star Wars is great about answering some questions. And then we're just left with all these other questions from there. And now we have our theories. And Scott, what is your biggest question now, leaving this episode, knowing what we know now?
1: It's really Azure. We're seeing Azure start to be... You saw there uh, really at the start of the episode where part one, where he was like, he wants to do stuff, but he saw what Saw's doing and wondered if that's the way to go. You you see him start to get a wee bit more darker, a wee bit. So my question there is, if we st- are we going to see Ezra go down that path being darker and using Saw's tactics?
0: Oh, that's a tough one because we've kind of alluded to it where Ezra even kind of channeled a little bit of master Yoda's advice for him is it's not, it's not how you fight. It's, it's how you choose to, or, or, you know, I just butchered that completely Robin, but <laughs> you know, the, he's conflicted. I don't know if I agree, Scott, that he, this might lead him down a, a darker path, but I think he's trying to figure out where does he fit in all this? And you could almost overlay something that that ray says in the trailer for the last jedi is like help me find my place in all this and and maybe scott you're really on to something where you just cracked the dave feloni code and now we kind of know maybe this is how we this is how we put ezra on the shelf robin this is how he can exist in a post star wars rebels universe that doesn't involve A Death and and I think a lot of Star Wars rebels fans want if they can't possibly be in any of the other films then they must you know They gotta they gotta you know, they gotta bite it and I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that Robin
2: Yeah, it's really hard to tell at this moment right now because I feel like Ezra's story is still being played out as we know with Star Wars storylines do change things do happen and even though we might think that we're heading down a certain path with Ezra, and I think Scott does bring up a really good point, that there is a darker tone starting to become associated with Ezra compared to what we've seen in the past. And I think it's because he's being influenced by outside forces. A lot of that is reliant on Lothal, the action that Mothma did not take to advance upon Lothal. And now Guerrera is trying to say, hey, you want to start getting stuff done? this is the approach you have to take. So I think that's where the darker tone is probably coming from, but I don't know that for a fact. None of us know that for a fact because Filoni is the master of mixing it up a little bit.
0: Absolutely. So Robin, what's your biggest question now leaving this episode? My,
2: my biggest question is whether we're going to see a Saw Gerrera and and two tubes Starsky and Hutch style film, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's beside the point. But really, I, I think for me, it goes right back to Saw Gerrera. I really want to know where that Saw Guerrera and Mon Mothma relationship goes. My question is, does it take a, a path of where Mothma starts to realize, wow, Saw's actually doing something that may, might help us, or does it continue down the canon path of, no, this guy is really going against what the foundations of the rebellion are? That's my question heading forward. What do we see develop?
0: I think there's gonna be this infliction point at some point here that it's gonna be even worse than it is now. Hmm. That I think that's going to be pretty cool that we might see that in Star Wars Rebels. Robin, I'm going to piggyback on kind of what you said and 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 twist it in a little bit way. What my biggest question going forward is, I, I'm probably although all joking aside about maybe seeing Scarif in animated form. We have now seen the Death Troopers again. We saw a female voice death trooper that to me leads me to think even more questions that obviously this isn't exclusive to just what the death troopers were all like these, you know, six foot five really tall individuals that now we know can be female and male. I think that's really cool. I mean, we're seeing it kind of post return of the Jedi and the sequel era with captain Phasma Mm -hmm. that that's just really fascinating. But there's a couple of little things that that death trooper had said that I want to know more about. Obviously we mentioned Krennic that's going to lead us into Rogue One, but my biggest question going forward is Saw Guerrera and his timeline, because mm-hmm. from where we see him now, and he's there with two tubes, and it was just great to see the U-Wing there, by the way. I love that ship, and just seeing it in animated form was excellent. Jeez, Rob, we just talked, there's got to be like this infliction point between Saw Gerrera and the Rebellion and Mon Mothma, but there's also got to be this thing where he is almost mortally wounded to the fact where he starts needing to wear that exoskeleton basically and he needs to to use the breathing apparatus and knowing that his time is short but now we know with the benefit of of star wars rebels when we first saw rogue one that it he's only in that condition for less than a year so what happens i i want to know what happens to him now
2: yeah i mean saw is one of those characters that i think again I know we said it before, but I think it's important to restate this that as we continue with Star Wars Rebels, I'm sure we're going to get more about him, Scott. I'm pretty sure, based on what we know from Catalyst, Scott, as yeah. well, I think Saw's character is really going to get drawn out, but not tell us too much because there is that book there.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I don't know how far if you show up, it probably will show up again in Rebels near the end. I, I I think he'll be in that kind of esco skeleton kind of look for a couple of months, really. Right leading up to Rogue One. Uh, whether we see it in Rebels or we see it in a comic, it'll be one of the two. Uh, hopefully we see it in Rebels because we get to see it in animated form and actually see him physically get hurt. And then maybe that's how... He, maybe then Mothler realises that the way he's done things, that's not the way to go. But she realises how dangerous and how injured he got
0: there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up guys and we just barely scratched the surface of in the name of the rebellion so again we can't stress it enough star wars rebels fans go back and watch it for yourself watch it multiple different times talk about it on social media come up with your theories that's one of the best best parts of this great show that we're graced with and it's very sad to know that the end is the end is near and I don't know it's it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nerve-wracking but exciting all at the same time and we're, we've got a couple episodes coming up uh, one day from now on October 30th with the occupation and Flight of the Defender and who knows what those are all about if you want to dig into maybe get a little bit of sneak preview, I'm sure you can find it, but we will be here next week to, to break all this down. Find out what our favorite moments are. And again, as we get more information, what are our new theories? What are we thinking about going forward? Guys, I think it's about that time of show, don't you?
2: Yeah, I I think we're getting pretty close to it here, Brian.
0: Yeah, it's plug time. So Mr. Vote, where can the good people find you on social media?
2: Well, this Halloween you can find me at El Zororen. Ren. No, I'm kidding. Follow, follow <laughs> me over on Twitter at Mr Vote Please make sure to head on over to Instagram, follow me at the official Vote. Send me that one one of those good old friend requests over on Facebook, and that's where you can find me everywhere.
1: Mr Inch, uh, you can find me. Well, you won't be finding me being doing Halloween. Unfortunately, I will mean, <laughs> be in my bed, so we don't do it in the UK that much. Um, so yeah, you can follow me at Facebook on Scott Inch or at Twitter at Scott Inch Five.
0: And you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jedi Scavenger SW. Make sure to head over to BrickCityBlockade.com for all the latest articles and stuff we've got going on over there. And again, head over to Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you need to listen to this great podcast network. We greatly appreciate it. And if you can leave a rating and a review, it helps us out even more. So our good friend, Mr. Robin Vote here can get lots of great guests on if we can hear about that positive message in the Star Wars galaxy. So, guys, I think that wraps it up. Like we always close all of our shows, may the force be with you.
1: Always. Yes.